Amos 5.24 declares, But let justice run down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream flowing abundantly. Welcome to our seventh episode in Season 3 of Iona Speaks about Defending Self-Justice, a platform used by us as women to hear how we can walk in our dominion through the power of voice and the strength of awareness. May this podcast bring hope through enlightenment for every listener on their journey to self-justice in Jesus' name. During this season, we have discussed generational impact, historical influencers, the impact of forgiveness, the essence of our heritage, being a defender of self-justice as a child of God, and we started a conversation about pride and trauma. Since there was so much to be discussed, we are going to continue from last month's podcast and now talk about pride, humility, and trauma. Because while our conversation was full last month, it was not complete. In this episode, I am fortunate to have as my guest again, Katora Fontaine, so that we can bring our conversation full circle about pride and trauma with the important component of humility. Remember, Katora is a freelance writer, editor, and educational consultant who specializes in writing content about relationships, faith, education, and parenting. She has over 20 years of experience educating students in the homeschool, private, public, and collegiate sectors. She is a prominent thought leader, a conscientious influencer, a dynamic woman, mother, wife, and entrepreneur. Welcome back, Katora, to Iona Speaks about defending self-justice, and thank you for joining me again in this discussion. Thank you so much for having me again as your guest. Last month, you made reference to an article that you were led to, or should I say divinely found you. This article entitled Shame, Yes, But What of Pride? Relational Trauma and Psychotherapy, written by Ken Banal, was published in PESI, UK, which is a portal for psychotherapists, counselors, psychologists, and mental health professionals. I have since read this article myself and have found it to be very enlightening, especially about his concept of pro-being. How do you see this concept being utilized? But first, I'd like to provide some context for your listeners. As stated in the previous episode, um, we discussed that pride had two, has, excuse me, two connotations, one being inordinate or unrestrained, excessive esteem, while the other um, has a more responsible feeling of worth and self-respect. The latter is the basis for the article. The author believes that it's necessary to transform shame associated with trauma to an active state of celebrating one's own unique way of being while also celebrating the same in others. He asserts that pro-being is a birthright, that it is beneficial, in fact, for survivors of trauma to delight in being themselves with themselves, with others, and with the world which he believes may counter the negative effects of traumatic shame. I'd like to add to that um, feeling of pride 
or even beyond that mind-body state of delighting in oneself, a deeper spiritual implication. I see this concept being utilized in the recognition that we, every human, is created in the image of a loving God and that we are created with purpose. And our worth is attached to that purpose. And we can be reasonably happy whenever we recognize our efforts toward that purpose. And that purpose being to know God and to glorify Him. All of our achievements, our efforts must be perceived in this way. We have value because He has given us value and we can freely delight in that. Thank you so much, Katora. That was so good. One of the things that um, jumped out to me is the fact that, yes, we are created with purpose and we can reasonably actually fulfill that purpose. One of the quotes that he said, uh, which I liked about pro-being, was pro-being pride is why accessing this unlived experience of being and relating is key to transcending shame. And I think that's so powerful because shame can come in so many different arenas and so many different forms. Yet the thing about what he was saying is that pro-being is that we are purposed. We are able to live a purposed life and we can reasonably do that within the parameters that God has given to us. And we're able to do that well which is a way that we can actually get rid of shame and not be bogged down by shame or even be condemned, feeling condemned by shame. Exactly. And um, one of the things that I really liked about the article is the um, emphasis placed on the uh, person who is having to do that trauma processing. And, and that the fact that you go through that and you endure that, that is worthy of celebrating. And that is mm. pro-being pride, that reasonable, justifiable um, pleasure in your accomplishment. And so pride can offset traumatic shame because we are worthy of um, celebrating the good in ourselves. So I did enjoy that part of the article as well. Yes. And that is so great because, which is going to lead us right into the next question, because we're talking about pride and we, there's so much in this. And I loved how you brought it into context last time and even began to do it again today is as far as that good pride and that bad pride. So as the root of pride and humility is really based in self and ego, which can be influenced and impacted by trauma, what would you say are some key factors in how an individual can be humble, can have good pride, or even bad pride? So, you know, when I was reflecting on good pride, bad pride, I thought about uh, the verse in Ecclesiastes, um, chapter four, verse four. And for the sake of our conversation, I like to reference the Amplified Bible. And so I'm going to read it. It says, I have seen that every effort in labor and every skill in work comes from man's rivalry with his neighbor. This too is vanity, futility, 
false pride, and chasing after the wind. It's comparison. It boils down to us comparing ourselves to others. When we are not satisfied with ourselves, our achievement, our successes, when we do not delight in our unique being because of our desire to have the recognition of others, or because we compare ourselves to others, we are subject to the habits of bad or false pride. And we are reminded of the deception of Eve. You know, you will be like God. A factor of our human condition is our constant search for worth, importance, to know that we matter. I mean, we see it in today's society with how much uh, social media is inundated with the quote-unquote selfie. Um, We are hoping to matter. We're hoping to uh, find some purpose in our worth. Yet, when we seek to achieve this in our own strength, we fall short because our life and everything associated with this temporal existence is slowly passing away. We may gain recognition, but that relevance is fleeting. And, you know, I recently read a book titled The Power of a Humble Life, and the author stated that, and I quote, we now regard success as achievement plus proper recognition of our achievements. The recognition is what makes us feel worthwhile, end quote. But good pride, Iona, is the satisfaction of a job well done, whether you receive Mm. recognition or not. Good Mm. pride is a natural extension of humility. And when we understand the true nature of humility, we can rest in true pride. Uh, A quick Google search reveals that to be humble is to be low and inferior. And sometimes we stop there. But the question is, inferior to whom? The word humility is derived from Latin humilis. I hope I pronounced that correctly, which could mean lowly as in on the ground or of the earth. And that is in relation to our human status and nature compared to God our deity. So in recognizing our worth in relation to our creator, we are humbled. When we seek to please Mm -hmm. creator God, we are humble. It is enough for us to be justifiably pleased when our work, our actions, our efforts align with what is just and ethical because that is pleasing to him and because he, it brings him glory and that gives us a sense of pride. That is absolutely phenomenal. And you said so many great things in there. We've already talked about the fact about how pro-being is us existing in that divine purpose that God has already set up for us. And then understanding that um, there is a difference between good pride and bad pride. The bad pride seeks to get that recognition, yet the good pride does not seek that recognition. The good pride is literally living out their worth, um, living out our worth and living out it in a selflessness as opposed to selfishness. And those two factors sometimes are, um, well, I find sometimes can be really um, at odds with one another um, because they're opposites. Either I'm selfish or I'm selfless. However, there could be good selfishness when we're talking about good pride 
as we are moving in that place of the characteristics that God has given to us, and we're doing it in a way that causes us to be selfless. So I'm hoping that that didn't sound confusing. No, not at all. Um, I definitely understand um, the uh, dichotomy, I guess I would say, between the two, selflessness and selfishness, um, because it is automatically assumed that if I take time to do something for myself, if I take time to um, focus on me, that I may be deemed as selfish. But that's not necessarily the the full scope of that that the yeah. meaning of that word. And when we think about true pride and we think of our awareness of self as it relates to us being created in the, in the image of God, there needs to be a, a space for us to focus on the development of self in a healthy and holistic way. And that does cause cause us to come away and focus on self. But you can do that and not be selfish. Um, selfish is when you are focused on having all to yourself and not being willing to give any of you to others. And that's different from maybe getting some respite or um, a moment of, you know, meditation or, or something along those lines. So as being a defender of self-justice is not primarily focused on the judiciary system, we talk about that so often, um, but it's rather focused on defending what is right for that person in God's eyes as we were created in his own image and in his likeness and are all seen exactly the same by him, regardless of our gender identity, our class, our race, or our ethnicity. Therefore, how could true pride and humility contribute to women and mothers becoming defenders of self-justice? You know, first, it, it takes understanding self-justice. So to defend self-justice is to be aware of your freedom to do what is right for you and what is right for others. I see self-justice as having a proper understanding of the self as one created with a higher purpose to serve in whatever capacity that promotes justice and the sense of what is right. Or more importantly, Iona, as it relates to our relationship to God and our relationship to one another how it should be. Because we live in a world where things are not set right and we are hoping and looking toward the, the rightness of, of our world through um, the work of Holy Spirit and the work of, of believers like us, um, it is important that we understand what our role is. And so when I think of women and mothers defending self-justice, I perceive a stance against efforts to demoralize or demean humans who I believe are God's image bearers. I perceive this stance to be taken up by women and mothers who are selfless, compassionate, kind, caring, considerate of others above themselves in true humility, which positions them not from a place of self-righteousness, 
but from a recognition that all have fallen short of the righteousness and justice of God. And that as we each surrender our ambitions, our motives, our desires to a higher purpose in defending self-justice, we are in fact accelerating justice for all. And so that's important when we understand self-justice because self-focus, when you think about your 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 place in the world you are a part of a community of people and so mm. what you do for yourself that is right you in turn and inadvertently should hope to do the same for others that is so good because here's the thing being aware of self and being able to step into that freedom that god has created for us is so pivotal when we're talking about developing ourselves in a healthy and holistic way and being able to stand firm upon that, knowing that as we do this within ourselves, then that's the way we can um, do this for others. That's how it actually like transfers. And being a defender of self-justice is to be someone who is not just looking out for themselves, but is looking out for other people as well. Mm -hmm. They're looking out for their families. They're looking out for their communities because this is a, a community piece. It's a mindset change. It's transformational thinking to allow us to recognize that we are all created in his image and likeness. And as you said, as we are his image bearers, that his image bearers should actually be able to stand toe to toe side by side with another person who might look differently, sound differently, live differently, yet still be able to walk healthy and have an understanding of the freedom that God has given to them without being judgmental, without being self-harming or self-deprivation or even um, being harming towards others. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you know, when we think about um, the plan of God, uh, he created us in his image and in his likeness. And he didn't create uh, us to be separated as far as trying to elevate one over the other. He created us so that we can grow in love. And when you think about love in its truest form, it suffers long. It's not puffed up. You know, love prefers others above yourself. And so mm. when you think about the heart of justice, the heart of justice is love and mercy. Because I care for my fellow man, I do not want to see them suffer. It does not give me pleasure to see them suffer as it would not give me pleasure to suffer. And I think that's very important and crucial for us to understand in this changing world as it relates to um, defending self-justice. That is so true. And it's so important. And that brings me to Aiko Bethea. Now, she's the founder of Rare Coaching and Consulting, and she has a focus on leadership and organizational development. She is a perpetual leader, an influencer, an author, and a mother. And she wrote um, a powerful quote in a chapter called Steps to Being Whole on Your Own Terms. And this came out of a book uh, that was speaking along the lines of uh, 
Stepping Into Your Vulnerability um, by Tanya Burke and uh, Brene Brown. And the name of the book was You Are Your Best Thing. So in this chapter, Aiko Bethea wrote, we may not be able to control the fact that we are by default vulnerable in this society, in this world, but we can share our narrative on our terms and use it for connection and empowerment instead of hustling for our worth. And I love that quote so much, especially because it aligns with what you had said, is that we don't have to fight for our worth or our value because God gave it to us. Mm -hmm. Therefore, as women of color, we are first and foremost the creative image of God. Even if others might not see it, we must always know it because we were created for greatness, worth, and have a value that can never be quantified or qualified because there's no limits in our God. There's no limits to how he created us or for what he wants to do through us or how he wants to use us. So as we continue to live in a life of wholeness through brokenness and be that light in darkness and live through trauma as conquering victors, we are defenders of self-justice with humility and divine pride. So Katora, I can't thank you enough for joining me again just to try to bring this full circle. So before we leave, what words would you like to share with our listeners about how trauma can be a positive influencer? Well, um, when I think of trauma, I see it as a way of warping our perceptions, thus influencing our actions. And um, it's helpful for us to focus our attention on what is true in relation to God and his love for us, which in my opinion leads us back to pro-being. Um, trauma is not isolated to a select few poor individuals. In a fallen world, it can be quite challenging to escape trauma. Few people can go through life without having endured some type of trauma. Um, I've been traumatized and I'm sure you have as well. And so when we think of trauma as a positive influencer, it becomes that when we recognize our own weaknesses and limitations, when we recognize that our pain and brokenness um, does not cause us to be um, less than or isolated, but that it actually gives us space to look beyond our own strength um, and to look to our creator and to others to um, foster uh, support that can lead us to healing, wholeness, and some deliverance. Um, mm. You know, we must acknowledge that we need help outside of ourselves. And to delight in that recognition is to seek the help of others. And I'm reminded of Paul, the apostle, and how Paul continued to go before God for, for a um, a issue, an issue that he dealt with. Um, but Paul recognized that God's grace was sufficient for him in his weakness. And in that space, Paul allowed his trauma, his pain, his issue to be a positive influencer to his pride and his humility. He also opened himself to receive the aid and the help and the support of others. So again, mm. trauma should not be isolating. 
And that's something that I'm learning in my life now that, you know what, Keturah, um, trauma is painful and it does cause you to have an emotional response that may be different from the response you, response you would have given if you had not endured that trauma, but it does not have to end there. There is hope on the other side of trauma and we can take pride in the work that we do to get to the other side in Jesus name. And I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe it too. Um, once again, you can reach Katora on her website, which is katorafontaine.com, K-E-T-U-R-A-H-F-O-U-N-T-A-I-N-E. So as we conclude this episode, I trust and I declare that every woman and mother listening be empowered to walk in your dominion as you realize that there is value in your life through all of your experiences, whether they are traumatic or not, so that you can become the defenders of self-justice for not just yourself, but also for your families, your children, and your communities. Thank you for listening to Iona Speaks about defending self-justice and have a prosperous and powerful week.